Hey, this is Sean Tepper, the host of Payback Time, an approachable and transparent podcast on business, investing, and finance. I like to bring on guests to hear authentic stories while giving you actionable takeaways you can use today. Let's go. My next guest went from D1 basketball to the pros and then transitioned to a career in marketing. After working several years for a firm, he decided to take the leap and start his own agency. In this episode, we not only talk about how he built his own company, but also talk a lot about his agency's key service, which is reputation management. When companies grow fast, things can slip through the cracks, which can trickle down and negatively impact the customer. This can trigger bad reviews, and reviews are a key marketing driver for a company. The question is, how do we resolve these bad reviews? We answer that question in this episode. Please welcome Matt Palmquist. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. I've been a fan of yours for a while, so thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So why don't you kick us off and tell us about your background? Oh, I don't know how long I have, but um, so <laughs> um, I am the creative founder for 610 Marketing, and the the name 610 Marketing comes from my height, and our mantra is why try to fit in when you're meant to stand out. And we are a boutique digital marketing and PR firm that handles everything from website development, SEO, SEM, crisis management, reputation management. So we offer a full suite of digital products for our clients. And we work with professional athletes. And we also work with midsize businesses that maybe don't have their own in-house marketing company set in place, but uh, we come in and we fill their needs. So we're really proud of what we've you know accomplished. We've been open since 2016. And um, yeah, that's who I am besides the basketball background. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we're. I'm going to dive into basketball background here in a second. We'll also dive into your business, the type mm-hmm. of model it is. I know we talked about offline about creating passive income, so we want to drill into that. But I'd love for you to share your, your background and your college career. So where'd you go to school? And then you played pro a little bit as well. We'll talk about that. Played it. I got a real quick sniff in, in the professional ranks, but overseas. Um, I grew up in Austin, Texas, and I ended up getting a four-year scholarship to the University of Texas Pan American, which is now UTRGV down in South Texas, McAllen, Edinburgh area. And um, best one of the best four years of my life. Uh, some of my best friends I've met down there it was a Division One. We played all over the country. Got to travel for free. Played on ESPN. I mean, it was a great time. Right? We were really competitive. We didn't win a lot, but you know, we were competitive. Right? And so I was a better than decent basketball player, obviously for the university, and um, fortunate to be in a couple of records. But um, after college, you know, I wanted to go pro and which I did and I didn't have the greatest pro career. It lasted about a year and a half maybe. And it was overseas and in Mexico and Peru. And so it was well-traveled, but then at some point in time, you just got to say, okay, Hey, like that's sure that it's time to turn it, you know, start a new chapter. So, and that's what, that's what I did. And so it's taken me through the coaching career in high school and then wanted to be a executive at an NBA level. And then, so it's, it's been a great time and it's taken me through um, now to where I'm the creative founder for a digital marketing and PR firm. So I I, I love every lesson that I've 
gathered through my career since high school has led me to this point. And now I'm on your show. So I'm really, really excited go. to be on the show. Yeah. I, I really like talking to athletes, especially high performers like yourself, that even though, I mean, hey, a year and a half or 10 years, regardless, you got to say you, you played pro. That's awesome. But <laughs> I like seeing people who were high performance in athletics in sports and transition to business because you're right there are so many things you carry over i of talk course. about with some of the guys on our team and i if there's people coming to me and they're looking to build teams i say you know try to look for people that have what i call field awareness or court mm -hmm. awareness like yeah. when you were playing at that level you know when things go wrong or something needs to happen you don't need to be looking directly at it you're just aware and you know how mm -hmm. to react yeah and right having people that can make those heads up plays in a split second and know what they're doing that that's so hard to find and i i a thousand percent agree with you and also if i could elaborate on that i think it also has to do with the reason why companies like hertz or enterprise they hire athletes is because of that competitive nature. Yeah. There's no, I personally do not set my alarm clock on my phone. Like I have to wake up as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I have to wake up every morning and start my day because my day is not promised. And so I need to make things happen for me and my team. And so there's no, okay, I'm going to sleep in until 8.30 and right. my alarm clock's going to wake me up. No, I naturally wake up at 5.45 and I do my little morning routine to get my day kind of started, but I'm hungry every day. I mean, I could probably tend to lose some weight, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm hungry <laughs> every day. So, sure. yeah, no, it's, it's in you. You are, you're an athlete for life. That mentality, get up, get after it. No out of bounds. There's, you, you don't, you, there's that Chris Paul, there's a saying that Chris Paul, when he practices, he, there's no out of bounds and he will go until the whistle blows. So it's the same way, yeah. you know, you just got to go until the whistle blows, you know, right. and, and you just play until you can't play anymore. So, right on. Right yeah. on. so let's drill into your business a little bit. 2016 is when you started this company. What were you doing before? So, um, well, that's funny. I, I transitioned from the basketball world being player development for the a G league team out of Austin. I moved to Houston to be closer to my son. And through my network, which is huge in business, is having a network. And I'm sure guests on your show have, have relayed that to the audience. But yeah. I tapped into my network. I wanted to be closer to my son. And I got a job with a marketing agency in Houston. It was fairly known. It was large. It was a great opportunity. My degree is in marketing. I was really excited. Wanted to be closer to my son. See him you know, in high school, play high school ball, but be there as a dad. But to kind of start a new transition in life, right? A new chapter. And uh, I, about a year and I don't know, about 14 months later, I had my Jerry Maguire moment because I realized at that point what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, what I could adapt, what I couldn't, you know, that sort of thing. I, I, I felt like it was time for me to just take my goldfish, so to speak, and, and start 610 Marketing. And I did. And um, that'll be an answer for, we'll get into that. You know, I know you typically ask the same questions and, and I'm excited to answer, but yeah, it was, it was that moment in 2016 where I was like, I've got to make something for me happen. Yeah, and I, right. and I did. And that's that athlete 
that's that desire, you know, in, in me being an athlete. I, I call it do or die. You can either mm-hmm. s- sit on the bench your entire life or you can get in the game. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Now jumping in, did you line up, were you kind of like, um, bootstrapping a little bit? Did you bring in a few clients, help them out on the side and you know, bring a remedy a little bit and yeah. then say, Hey, I mean, I was fortunate enough that I'm a relationship person. And so every client that I was bringing on, mm-hmm. it was relationship based. They were with, with the company because of me. You know, and so I did everything legally as far as acquisition of clients after, but I made my clients at the time aware that my transition was happening and they could stay or, you know, they could leave if they wanted. And some stayed and some, you know, decided to, to, um, to take a chance on a six foot 10 guy that (laughs) had a dollar and a dream. Right. And, um, I've never looked back. And one of those clients is still a client of mine to this day. And it's been, what, almost seven years. So it's fantastic. It's really great. I've seen that with other people that have a service or let's let's back up a second. They work for a service business. They're going to start their own service business. Could be an agency like yours. Mm-hmm. Or um, I've talked to people who have had like sales companies where they, it's all outbound sales calls they do for other organizations. Same thing, service business. And they let customers know upfront that, hey, I'm going to be starting my own thing. You have the mm-hmm. option to stay with this company. That's cool. Or you could jump with me. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't really, the way I did it was I just let them know that after a certain date, I was no longer going to represent. I didn't want them to be left hanging. Like one day they call and they're looking for me, you know, or they call me and they, Hey, what's going on with my account? And then I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. So I just let them know what I was feeling and where I was going. And then then some of them asked the question, well, where are you going? So I was just, I've always been transparent. And in in PR and crisis management and and digital marketing, you have to be transparent with the client because this is their livelihood and they they entrust you with their business. And so transparency, whether it be good or bad news, right, it has to be given. You know, I, I just wanted to make sure that my clients knew that, if they were looking for me after a certain date, then this is where I was going to be. And then they had the option. You know, I never gave the ultimatum. Hey, like I'm doing my own thing. So why don't you come with me? You know, I, I just never did that. They were open to whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it up to them. Just exactly. You know, it's just a transparency, like you said, of letting know where you're going, what you're doing and leave it at that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a whole lot better than the FTX model, right? There, there's definitely... <laughs> There's definitely transparency on my end, right? We want to set up a third offshore company that's buried under this umbrella. Good luck finding yeah, the contact information. Yeah. yeah. My college girlfriend is running the other company that's funding me the money. Like, yeah, no, I'm not. No, Sounds I'm totally just more legit. Totally yeah, legit. Yeah. Totally legit, right? And it's in the Bahamas. Like, yeah, okay, come on. So. No red flags. Yeah. Well, let's dive into your business model a little bit here. So you said you build websites, you do advertising as I assume Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads. 
Yeah, that's the SEM search engine marketing, which is like the paid ads, whether it be now TikTok is coming into play, Snapchat, you've got Instagram, Facebook, Google. I mean, it's a whole plethora of, of paid advertising, right? Uh, LinkedIn. But then we do, like like you mentioned, we do website development. We can either rebrand your website. We can start from scratch. We can, I mean, we do the SEO, which is search engine optimization which is keyword placement, meta tags, headers, naming of images. I could go on and on about it. And then we do reputation management. You know, obviously there's some reviews or some things out there that you might not be proud of, or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. not your entire fault. Because one of our big niches for the reputation management and crisis management, PR aspect is property management companies that get a ton of reviews by a ton of, you know, disgruntled tenants that feel that, you know, and so we come in and we help kind of negate the negativity and the perception of the way the property may look or the property management company itself. So yeah, we kind of do anything digital that you can find on the internet, we have our hands on or we can affect. And so it's been a great six years and we didn't start off that way. We just kind of fell into you adapt, you learn, you, you know, you grow. And we've, yeah. we've done that. And I'm really proud of my team. Um, we're a small boutique company, like I said, but we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're really good at what we do. And I'm, I'm not just, you know, I don't play an instrument, but I do, I can toot my own horn. We are really good at what we do. And I'm proud of them. That's, that's great. I want to talk about your team in a moment, but this would probably be a good learning opportunity for the audience as well as myself. Reputation management. How do you talk about this? What are you technically doing? Are you getting like more good reviews to oversaturate the bad reviews or? Ah, well, they can contact me at 610marketing.com and you can leave me a a little (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just playing. I don't want to give away the recipe, the 11 herbs and spices like Colonel Uh, Sanders. But no, but a quick little overview. Yes, some people think that let's just say Google, for instance, right? You you've got a three and a half star review or rating, right? Some people are like, well, let's go get 50 more five star reviews. And that does sound good, but the needle is not going to move because the way Google looks at it is you're going to take the number of stars, add them up. If you've got 10 reviews and you've got 35 stars, you divide the 35 stars by the 10 and you get 3.5, right? So if you just add 10 more five-star reviews, then you're just going to take, you know, you're going to take that 85 number and divide it by 20 and you're still going to pretty much get a 3.5, 3.6. Like it's not going to- It's not making a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So what you want to do is, and again, you can reach us at 610marketing.com <laughs> to reach out to us, right? But what you want to do is you want to reconnect with some of those reviews that were left in a salty manner, like a one-star review, but it was because, and again, you know, our mm. our niche is property management, right? Maybe it was a tenant that needed their ceiling fan fixed. So then it's like reconnecting, reestablishing contact with that person and saying, hey, if we fix your ceiling fan, can you update this review? And you will see... If you go from a one star to a four star, you've added three stars, but you haven't added that review. So the number of stars goes up, but not the number of reviews. So the division works out to where the rating jumps up a lot faster than it would adding just more five star reviews. Right. Yeah. So 
What I like is option A, you can acknowledge you have bad reviews, then call Matt, or option B, call Matt, lean with humility, right? Okay, we made a mistake and we're here to fix that mistake or we can do something for you. Can you do us a solid and bump up that one star? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the key thing to take away from both those examples is just call Matt, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Here's the recipe. Know you have a problem. That's it. Call, call Matt. That's yeah, it. Yeah, just six ten marketing.com and just leave us a, a comment or you know, leave us I know, get a it. message and, and we'll do it. Yeah. Yep. Let's take a quick commercial break. If someone tells you to buy a stock, the last thing you should do is buy that stock. But the first thing you should do is ask why. Unfortunately, a lot of influencers on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Reddit, and really the list goes on, are giving really bad stock recommendations and investment advice. The question is, how do you determine if what these people say is good advice or bad advice? That's where Ticker can help. Ticker can quickly and easily determine if a stock is a good or bad investment, and it helps you manage your investments with confidence. But don't take our word for it. Check out our Trustpilot reviews to see what people are really saying. Go ahead and get started with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. All right, back to the show. But in seriousness there, thank you for sharing that. That makes perfect sense. Like, if your reviews are bad, reach out to the people. And we we actually, we try to do that at Ticker too. If somebody's, if they got a complaint or something, I try to go to them first because that's a learning moment. Like, yes. okay, what are we doing wrong? And what, yes. pain, what pain are we causing and how do we turn that around? Yeah. And think about this, like it, you know, with some people, with most people, um, I don't want to speak for everybody, for most people getting to the point where, hey, I want, I need to leave a negative review for somebody or a business. They've exhausted every other channel that they felt to try and resolve that issue. And now they're so exhausted. They're like, I'm done. I'm just going to leave this review and try and get their attention, the company's attention. So if you've got a review as a PR and kind of a crisis management company, I look at it as what as you a company did not do or achieve prior to them leaving that review, mm-hmm. you know, and you mm-hmm. can kind of tell like if they're serial reviewers, you know, it tells you like, Hey, they left 97 reviews and you can kind of look at their history of, you know, Oh, they're all one-star reviews. Well, okay. That kind of tells us they're just either grumpy or just, you yeah, know, they, right. you know, but every case is different. That's why you got to call Matt. So that's, you know, right. we, we can identify what's going on. Yeah. Right on. Right on. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's dive into your business here a little further. How many employees do you have? Um, we're a small team of about seven people. Generally, okay. we have an SEO guy. We have a website guy. We have a social media gal. We've got a director of operations who kind of is the orchestra or the conductor of the orchestra. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to convince my son to come along when he's done with college. He's playing college ball now, but I'm trying to kind of get him into the mix so he can, you know, mm-hmm. it's a legacy, something he can have That'd be when, fun. Uh, yeah. when he's done. Yeah. Working, working so with a your small son. team, yeah. very small team. Are these employees or contractors? Three of them are employees and the rest, um, I mean, myself, the director of operations and the social media gal are employees. And then okay. we do based on projects 
because we're a boutique and we tailor and we customize to the client, um, if Ticker came to us, they might not need SEO or they might not need SEM. They would need, oh, can you help us redo our website or we need, you know, reputation management. Not that I'm suggesting you do, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's more tailor based. So not, of course, that's why we do the, the contractors on certain levels. So, but the main thing to take away from that is our team gets everything done. So it doesn't matter if they're employees or not. If we've got a job for us, we'll get it done and it'll be really, really happy. Exactly. And and I've seen your model and I actually had your model in the 2000s. I went through a merger there and got away from the agency model. It's it's hard. So I give you credit for doing it that long. It's it's a hard business. Um, mm-hmm. We did it during the recession and people didn't oh. want to spend any money, but yeah. it's smarter to go out. I found use contractors that are maybe they, they work out of their own home. They don't have employees. It's like, it's a win for them and win for you. Don't have the overhead. You don't have health yeah. insurance, right? And you can get some great quality service along the way. Well, you're exactly right. And and one of the thing that kind of shifted the whole mindset, the whole model was the pandemic. And we'll get into that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. in a little bit, but the pandemic really, not just for digital marketing companies, but it really shifted the mindset of employers because prior to that, it was brick and mortar was needed to have the employees in-house cubicles, you needed to show up from eight to five, whatever the, you know, whatever your business model was, but they could not envision a world where you could have a work from home model and still be efficient and productive for your business. And the pandemic obviously shifted that, you know, and it was a forced shift. And now we'd been doing it since 2016. And now, you know, the companies that were brick and mortars, but that weren't really paying attention to their websites or their digital, you know, footprint. Now it was like, okay, I need something. I need to have, you know, a shop. I need to have, you know, so many things. And now you're conducting meetings on Zoom, you know? Yeah. So it shifted everything. So yeah, I know that's a long-winded answer, but I just want to... Sh- it's not like the days of uh, the 1960s with Don Draper running his ad agency, right? Yeah. It's like... No. We're all yeah. mad still. We're still mad, but we, yeah. There no, you I, go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, great show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like, you don't have to be in a physical office. Those client mm-hmm. meetings are rarely in person. It's usually Zoom or Teams and, and that's it. You yeah. Can... Well, look at this. You're in Milwaukee and I'm in San Diego, right? And yep. so, you know, we're having an intellectual discussion and I've been excited about being on the show for a couple of weeks now, but typically we would have had to been in the same you know, I would have had to come to Milwaukee or you would have been vacationing in San Diego, what have you. Right. But now it's like, okay, it's a Tuesday morning and let's, let's have Matt on the show, you know? And so I'm, I'm, it's changed for the better in a sense. Yes, totally. So much more efficient. And, and I find that it drives me nuts when I hear these large companies, especially tech companies that mandate employees to come back I'm like, are you, right? Let them live forever. Like they're going to get their work done. <laughs> and even I would go a step further because I'm a big fan of the the four day work week, even the four yeah. hour, even more four hour work week. But we'll we'll touch on that in a moment as we talk about passive income. But with that, it's like, let these people get their jobs done. Let them have off most of Friday, if not all of Friday. You can still get a lot of great stuff done as a corporation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I totally, I can't agree with you more. I think that. You know, people like entrepreneurs, they, a work week is a work week. You know, I work seven days a week, sometimes 26 hours a day, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
that's just different. And that's that athlete mindset. And I'm, I'm cut from a different, and I'm sure most entrepreneurs are, but yeah, I totally agree for, for the workforce to be, you can be productive in four. If you give them the mindset that says, Hey, you've got so many hours yeah. in a week to get your work done, then they'll get it done. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of, it's just one of those things. I, yeah. I, it needs to shift. It, right. What is the old analogy? You can give somebody, you know, a full week or one hour to get the same number of tasks done and whatever mm -hmm. you tell them to do, they will do it. Yeah. So why not pick the shorter duration? Just saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you look at companies, the corporations like Walmart, Walmart, they hardly have any full-time employees, right? Like their, their workforce is mainly below full-time so they can get away with not paying benefits. So yeah, that, yeah, true. that goes into that four hour work week, you know, most, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to speak about anybody else's business model, but it goes to the larger corporations in the world that are already kind of skirting and playing with that four day work four day, week, four day, yeah. you know, so coming back to your business, I want to talk about the numbers a little bit. What I found with agencies is about 80% of the revenue comes from like one key or two key services and is your mm -hmm. model similar do you have like one key like the flagship service that generates the majority of the revenue is it websites or is it ads um no because with ads a lot of the money goes towards you know probably a hundred percent of the money for ads goes to ads like google and facebook love digital marketing companies because a client says hey i want to spend five thousand dollars a month in ads as an agency and a transparent agency as we are, we have to spend that $5,000, right? Where we make money is the management fee, which is a nominal, you know, 15 to 25% depending on the spend. Sure. But to answer your question, where we kind of, our niche is that reputation management and staying on top of your digital footprint. We've had a lot of success with social media engagement and strategy. Um, we've had a lot of success with reputation management. And then we'll get the occasional website. We'll get the occasional sure. kind of crisis management. Like, hey, I just, this news story's about to break. Like, what do we do? You know, how do we get in front of it? And those are always fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd break out my Kerry Washington hat on that one, you know, and just try <laughs> to just try to do what I can to, sure. to help it. And I, and you know, I, I'm not going to, go into what I've saved and what I've done, but I've definitely helped a lot of companies kind of keep their reputation from being tarnished. So yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's smart. Um, let's go a step further with uh, the services on there. Uh, reputation management specifically. I've seen companies that the best agencies, best in class, this is something I did not do a good job of in the late 2000s. We were more project fee. Whereas yeah. the agencies I've seen that have done a great job are more monthly fee. You take a bundle of services and you provide that ongoing. It, do you do the same thing with reputation management? Yeah. So we do a little bit of, yes, to answer that question. Yes. And our business model is, yes, we do the project base mm -hmm. um, where they come in, they've got a project, we'll charge you for the project, we'll deliver it, and then we'll go about our way. And then usually, okay, we can count on Matt and his team. They'll come back later. But then we also do the monthly retainer fee where we offer the services and we maintain it. We do a, a balance, a healthy balance of both. But yes, the reputation management is on a, a monthly retainer fee. Yes. Nice. And do you usually do like a, like a three month or six month or 12 month or how does that's it work? A, that's, I'm glad you asked that. We like to, we're in agreements. We don't like to use the word 
contracts. So we're in agreements. Um, sure. We start off with a 30-day agreement. And then from there, it's a month to month with a 30 day ride out. So it's like, let us perform. And once you see that we will perform and how we work, then it's a no brainer not to have us. And so it's, you know, most people don't like to feel boxed or cornered in with it. I don't even like having a a 12 month contract for my cell phone, you know, but (laughs) I agree. I have to. And so some people don't feel comfortable with, you know, that type of thing. They want to be able to have that peace of mind and that freedom if they want to get out of something they can right yes i always tell them hey look we're not married to each other we can get out of it pretty easily you can just write me an email and say hey we're we're yeah, yeah we're moving in a different direction and that's fine but yeah we work on agreements and we work on it's not a binding 12 month you're not yes. signing over your life yeah i love that and that's that's what i did back in the day with projects too i never did tried never to do contracts there's a client or two that demanded them but anyway yeah um, ugh, that's, it's like, I mentioned the guy's name on a previous podcast, Frank Kern, who I believe lives in San Diego as well. The guy had the best response to that. He's like, my clients work with me until they no longer want to. And that's exactly. It. Shout out to Frank. That's exactly you. He summed it up the best. Like that's yeah. exactly, they work with us until they don't want to work with us anymore. That's it. And that's yeah. their call. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so we just we just pride ourselves on great work and transparency and deliverables, you know, and we try to set expectations. Like if you want a new website, we'll listen to what you need and what you want, and then we'll give you the expectation. We're not going to turn something around in a week. You know, we'll give you that timetable of expectations, mm-hmm. what to expect, you know, and right. sometimes we've over delivered and sometimes we've under delivered in the sense that, you know, it's taken a little bit longer than we expected because of different variables. But we're still transparent to the end of the day. We're still there. Yeah. We're just letting you know, like, this is the obstacle that we're facing now. And this is going to push right. this back a little bit. So right. right, it makes the job a lot easier when everybody knows all the cards on the table right. and what's going on. So, yeah. yeah. With this, let's try, dive into the numbers here a little bit, which would be your okay. services, the reputation management. Can you give us like a ballpark range? What are you charging for this type of service per month? Uh well, first of all, it kind of varies in the sense that what kind of reputation do you have? And I don't want to I don't want to say like, hey, if you're if you're a bad apple in the, you know, in the pond or in the bucket, like you're going to get charged more. But so I'll um, stop you there. What would it cost to fix FTX? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, I wouldn't. Honestly, I wouldn't take their money because it's somebody else's. It's all the investor money. Like I would stay away from crypto companies and politicians. Like I just wouldn't. So I would. Man has a line. <laughs> man has a line. Man has a line. So, but what our niche, like I said, is property management companies, and usually those property management companies have more than one property, and so it's kind of a bulk discount. Sure. If you've got three properties versus, you know, I've worked with a company that had 71 properties. And so, you know, what we were charging them versus what we would charge a company with only two properties is is a lot different. But the great thing that any of your listeners can take away if they are interested in visiting 610marketing.com is that 
we are budget friendly. So we're a boutique agency. We're not trying to break the bank or, or we work with any size budgets and we'll figure something out. All we just need is transparency from the client and figure out what the needs are. You know, yeah. I can't tell you, hey, it's a standard. I hated that. That was the one thing I hated when I was with that large agency. It was kind of a bucket thing. Like you got a okay. platinum, I get silver, it. bronze bucket, and that's it. There's no deviation from that. Sure. I wanted to make it more custom and tailored because everybody needs marketing. I'm sorry. And listen to me. Everybody needs marketing, right? And so you should be putting at least 20, 20 to 25% of your gross revenue towards marketing because, you know, that's how you grow. Yeah. What we do is we try to establish what the needs are what the pain points are, like you said, and then go from, hey, what can you afford, you know, mm -hmm. and then kind of like, okay, well, we can do X, Y, and Z, and we can set it up on an escalator, or we can kind of do a phase type plan. We work with anybody. We just want to make it where they want to work with us, yeah. you know, kind of like what your friend said. So I won't press on the budgets anymore on that service because I get it. Like you don't want to you don't want to give across a number that, you know, somebody, let's say they've got the 71 properties is going to, okay, you yeah, a that number was there a, that's applicable to a three property business. Well, yeah. What's crazy was when we started with that client, he didn't have 71 properties. He had 12. So Whoa. he grew. And so we grew with him. You know, it wasn't like I've stumbled onto a gray star, like they have their own in-house marketing, right? It wasn't like that, but right. it was a great learning experience as far as organizational, like you have to be organized and you've got to have your processes in place. It was a great tool for a great experience for us to create those tools mm -hmm. to manage something that large. Right. But again, we've worked with companies that have 30, $35,000 budgets per month. And then we've worked with companies that, you know, got about a $2,500 per month budget. Sure. Anyways, so yeah, we, our kind of sweet spot is anywhere between 3,500 to about 6,000 a month, 7,000 a month. So sure. that's a good starting point. Yeah. It just gives people good context of like, Hey, we got a problem with reputation and we need help. Yeah. 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 And so what they really need to understand is don't be afraid of the budget or how much it's going to cost. You need to worry about how damaging this could be to your reputation, because mm -hmm. ultimately that could be priceless. If your reputation is damaged, you don't know what that's going to cost you in the end. You know, years down the road, two years, like we've had clients come to us and ask for, can you remove this link from six years ago? You know, because it's damaging and now they're trying to, you know, now they're trying to, you know, do different projects and it keeps coming back up. You don't know how costly it's going to cost you in the end. So I wouldn't worry about the price now. What is going to be the price later? And that's so it. that's what I would look at. Again, we work with anybody. You know, it's just a matter of they've got to make that call to reach out first and say, hey, I have a problem or this is my issue. What can we do? Mm -hmm. What is an effective way to make this not go away, but how can we suppress this or how can we cast it in a different light? That sort of thing. Yeah. You know, how can we eliminate this issue? I say lean into that on yours 100% because I've talked to a lot of agencies over the last 15 years and you are the mm -hmm. first 
that focuses on reputation management. And so like I've talked to so many people doing the populars, you know, you've got your social media management, manual labor, then you've got your ad spend. Those are the top of the Fuji. And then you've got your website building and then maybe video production is in there too. It's like, yeah. And then rinse and repeat. It's the same old thing, which is great. That's yeah. a necessity, but reputation management, it's not glamorous, but I, it's not I go all causes in. a lot of stress. Yeah. Now what we're trying to kind of execute into the portfolio is AI technology. I'm sure you've heard of this chat GBT, oh, yeah. which is a hot topic right now. But then also you've got Google coming out with their own version. You've got Bing developing their own version. AI tech is going to revolutionize all industries, not just the digital marketing vertical. I mean, you're talking about it's going to affect everything. Mm -hmm. And so how can we get ahead of that curve and implement some tools? Because that's what AI is. It's a tool. It's not a weapon. No. Um, how can we implement those tools into our everyday doing of business to better service our clients? Right. If you want to know more, you can go to 610marketing.com. So, and that's a six, the number six, the number one, and the number zero marketing.com. That's from my height. I, I kind of told you off camera where I got the name from, right? We got it. We got it. Yeah, 610 Marketing. <laughs> Let's take a quick commercial break. Hey, this is Sean. I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to, so thanks for taking the time to listen to this one. I have a quick request. If you have a moment, could you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review? The reason is the more ratings we get and the higher those ratings are, the more Apple will share us with the world. So thanks in advance for doing that. And then I have a quick comment. If there are any questions you want me to ask the guests, please head over to our ticker Facebook group. You can drop a question right there. I'll go ahead and make a note and I'll do my best to ask that question on the podcast. All right, back to the show. What I'd like to talk about is something we chatted about prior to hitting record, which was passive income. What is your strategy? What is your plan to introduce passive income into the service model? I My plan is to listen to your podcast more because <laughs> I am not going to sit here and pretend that I am an expert. I'm really good at digital and PR and crisis management, but I'm like I shared with you off camera, I want to get into more of a passive income strategy, right? And so my plan to answer your question is to listen to your podcast more you often go. weekly to get ideas and maybe to be in touch with people that are better suited in that field or have more experience where I can gain knowledge from. There that is my answer to that question. I'm going to which, listen to your podcast. Which is the correct answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and I'm going, I already subscribed. I showed you I subscribed. So I I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm definitely listening weekly now. Good man. Good man. You're doing a great job, by the way. So Thank you. I love this. Let's hit some of the rapid fire round questions here. So this is the part of the episode. We get to find out a little bit more about Matt. If you can try to answer <laughs> each question in 15 seconds or less. You ready? Okay. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Saddle Up Podcast. It's actually my podcast and it's related to the alumni of my university and the athletes and telling the stories of their time at the university. So Saddle Up Podcast. It's a great, great, it's a fun show. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. And then you're and now your podcast would be my even second though you favorite, haven't so. listened to it yet. It's it's second. OK. All right. It's second already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? Uh, Less Than Zero by Julie Houston. Um, she is a mentor of mine and she just it comes out 
tomorrow, but I got a, a re-release. Like she sent it to me. Phenomenal book. Tells her story. She was homeless 10 years ago. Now she does, she designs, she's a funnel architect for some of the uh, largest multi-million dollar funnels for the gurus and, and coaches out there. And her All success right. story is amazing. So Less Than Zero by Julie Houston, amazing read. And it's really, it's it's rather short. I mean, it's not crazy long. It's not like the Bible, but it's a, it's a great read. Short. Really, really easy read. Short to the point. I, I like it. Yeah. All right. Movie question. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Who can I go genre or what? Do you need a specific? I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Heat with Robert De Niro oh. and Al Pacino. Yeah, um, I loved uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt because I wanted to be, one. you know, a GM type thing uh, in the NBA. But that was baseball. Anyways, it was just um, I absolutely love Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw I've that. Seen that Great too? Movie. Yeah. We, my wife and I bought that movie online and we watch it every once in a while, but Shia LaBeouf did an amazing job in that yeah. peanut butter Falcon. Yeah. One, two, and old three. school. I'm a Will Ferrell guy. So okay. old school for sure. I was Not thinking about that movie. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about that the other day. Heat though. You are the first person that is still in my top 10 brilliant movie. Yeah. That scene, you know, the one I'm talking about in the diner. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah, when he says, don't ever attach yourself to anything you can't walk away from in 30 seconds or less. That's it. And he didn't follow his own advice. I mean, he, so it's just one of those things. It was, the cast was amazing. Ashley Judd, De Niro, Pacino, um, Kilmer. Al Kilmer. Yeah. Like, it was an amazing, it was an amazing cast. It's a really good movie. This, the shootout in downtown LA, like, unreal. Oh. So, yes, we could yeah. go on for another hour on that one. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. Yeah. We could talk. We could do a whole nother podcast on movies. Yeah, our like, movies, yeah, we bum. could. Yeah. Knowing your favorites, there. Yes, Moneyball too. One of my favorite sports films, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, one more business oh, question and there's, here. There's actually one more. One more. I don't know if you saw Hustle with Adam Sandler and just the came out on, yes, Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah, great movie. Loved it. Yeah, loved yeah. it. But go ahead. Next question. Sorry. Yeah, last question here time machine question if you could go back in time to give your younger self advice what age would you visit and what would you say hmm i would go back to when i was about to go into college and i would give my younger self about a list of 10 things to look for to improve on and to do and I'm not talking about to do like, you know, like Back to the Future 2, where he takes the Saurus and sports and, almanac. Yeah. And takes the sports almanac and starts betting on horses, right? I, not, no, not that. But I would go back and say, hey, you need to, you know, these are the things you need to avoid. These are the things that you need to look to do and to improve on because it's going to, if you improve on those at that point in time, it could possibly, and I've got a great life now. Like I've got a great son and a, a loving wife and everything is, you know, solid, but I just, there's things that self-confidence wise, like you need to not worry about when people say this or when people, you know, things like that, just don't worry about it, you know, or, or yeah. improve on it or avoid it, avoid these people, you know, that the sort of right on. All right. So we'll wrap this up here. So if anybody's, Oh, interested and one more thing. Yeah. And buy Apple stock in 2007. Seven. Yeah. When the release. first iPhone came out, buy Apple stock then. That's what I would tell them. Yeah. Instead <laughs> like, of buying that like, phone. Yeah. That it's it's the, like a the, dinosaur. 
buy the stock. As as the guy who I've had one or two people said, I'll buy, I would have bought Bitcoin in 2010, yeah. right? Yeah. But hey, people can yeah. reach you at 610marketing.com, correct? Yes, yeah, 610marketing.com, or they can email me at info, my team will answer, but info at 610marketing.com. You can leave us a message. I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. And for your guests, I will tell you, we'll do a free uh, brand audit. If they reach out to us and tell them that they are a listener or a subscriber to the show, we'd be more than happy to kind of do a brand audit and figure out what they got going on or what they can improve on. And we'll do that for your show and for your listeners. So please nice. don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to speak to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Matt. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much, Sean. Thank you. All right. We'll see you. Hey, I'd like to say thank you for checking out this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to. So thanks for spending some time with me. Also, if you have a moment, could you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? The more reviews we get, the more Apple will share this podcast with the world. So thanks for doing that. And last thing, if you do hear any stocks mentioned on this podcast, please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not make a buy or sell decision based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya.